From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dawning. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. On today's program, Deborah sits down to talk with an executive chef at the Mississippi Museum of Art, Nick Wallace. As one of the most talked about culinary figures from Mississippi, Chef Wallace is carving out his own space and expanding Mississippi's palate. During the conversation, I'll share his comments on the Mississippi food scene, the new menu at the Mississippi Museum of Art, and I'll talk about his most recent appearance on the Food Network. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning. The phone number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Donning from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. For most of the show today, we're going to be talking uh, with Nick Wallace, who is the... uh, chef at the Mississippi Museum of Art and one of our culinary stars here in Mississippi. Uh, Deborah has not come into the studio, but I believe, if not mistaken, that she's on the telephone. Good morning, Deborah. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, sweetie. How are you? I'm doing good, doing much better. Last Monday, I was out of commission. I <clears throat> walk in the park at Pearl every morning, and last Monday was trudging along and uh, stepped into a hole and fell down and uh, pretty much wrenched my ankle and was off the off my feet for most of last week. So I uh, missed seeing you, uh, wow. but uh, heard the show that you and Java did uh, with the pizza and beer. Sounds like y'all had 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 a good time. <laughs> we had a good time, but of course, you know, I always miss my Monday morning man. I miss you so much, and I'm glad you're doing better. I guess we are playing musical chairs right now. <laughs> I'm missing you. <laughs> Well, I had an exciting weekend. Uh, at uh, you know, uh, I do uh, home, or a Blue Apron. I've talked about that, but I'm also on the Home Chef list, which is another one of those services that send you the uh, ingredients that you need to make a meal. And uh, had uh, an interesting thing. I'd never had um, an acorn squash, and that was in one of the recipes. And after struggling oh. to um, cut it open uh, when I actually <laughs> cooked it, it, it it was really good, very tasty, and uh, and, and and cooked up, uh, roasted up nicely in the in the. Um, in the oven, but boy, that with that outer skin, that that thing was tough to uh, to slice into. Oh yeah, it's it's got a really really hard shell on it, and actually, um, that's why a lot of people use them for bird feeders, Kevin. Once you you know carve them out, they make wonderful wonderful um, bird feeders for the yard. Make cute little bird nests. Um, so many wonderful things that you can do with those shells. But so, tell me about the meal. What did you cook with that? Uh, it was a, a bone-in pork chop, uh, and it also had uh, candied walnut butter. So that was interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, so took some uh, walnuts uh, uh, with a little bit of uh, brown sugar and water, and so uh, cooked that off, got them nice and, and, and uh, shiny and uh, sweet, and then uh, had a little parsley in there and mixed that in together with the butter uh, and made a pat of butter and melted that on top of the um, of the uh, pork chop and the um, – the acorn squash had some Parmesan cheese sprinkled on top, and then also when it came out of the oven, I had some uh, cracked pepper to put on there. So it was very, very tasty, uh, just a great pork chop. And as I said, uh, uh, the uh, squash, uh, just add another one. I, I like yellow squash. I like zucchini. So now I know I like uh, the acorn squash as well. So you know the only thing that's missing from that, Kevin? 
What's that? Uh, you should have lit some candles, bought a few flowers, and invited me over. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing I learned was on last night uh, did a kind of a, a beef skillet w- with uh, a Mexican, so it had a poblano pepper. And at first, I'm not I'm not real big on spicy, as you know. So I thought, well, I'll just right. not not use the pepper at all. But then I thought, well, you know, it, it's here, and it it was so big. It's it just it's a very impressive looking pepper. Um, so I did that, but I said, well, I'll be very careful about how much I use, and I used maybe uh, three thin slices in the vex in the vegetable mix, and also they made some pico to go on top of it, and had just a little bit of diced uh, poblano peppers on there. But boy, that thing really uh, added some kick to the dish. It was uh, it was right at my limit. It was enough to uh, to make my lips a uh, little tingly after I'd eaten it. Uh, but after a few, I uh, uh, yeah, had something for dessert, had some chocolate chip cookies, and that seemed to uh, to even things out. So I enjoyed a, a good uh, weekend uh, of uh, of some good meals this weekend. So what are you going to do with the leftover pepper? Uh, actually, that's the good thing is that uh, they give you a home chef. It was just enough to sprinkle on there. So uh okay. was able to use it all up. And uh, again, for me, just being single, and it, it's enough for two. So I've got enough... Uh, enough meals to uh, to uh, continue dinner through throughout the week so uh, that's always a fun thing and like i say it's uh, it can sometimes be challenging but i would say both of the uh, a home chef and blue apron the two services i'm familiar with I, I have not been disappointed in the least bit i think it's uh, been helpful to me to you know to sharpen my cooking skills but also uh, opens up a lot of taste sensations that i would not have uh, had the opportunity to taste before and the other thing is uh, really, the idea of roasting uh, vegetables is something that I picked up on. I've done it with some sweet potatoes and some potatoes and some carrots. Uh, I think it's an easy way to uh, to you know put a different spin on your vegetables for a, for a weekday evening meal. Absolutely, and then it makes for great cleanup too, Kevin, because you can just put those vegetables in some foil, add your olive oil and whatever seasonings that you're going to use. So it makes for fantastic cleanup. So it's a great way to cheat when you're roasting. <laughs> So how was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic. My week was even better, Kevin. Um, I had a a wonderful experience on this past Thursday. I actually got to hang out with some people from uh, the Mississippi from farm to school um, organization. They had a wonderful event at the East Center at Jackson State. And I learned so many amazing things about what they're doing, um, partnering farmers with local schools. And and it's just a really wonderful um, program, and I got to host an event for them. And so it was great. And then I got to see my grandbaby, Kevin. And, of course, you know that's always the highlight of my life. And she and I made some uh, pecan and white chocolate chip cookies. And oh, boy. so we loved on each other and did lots of hugs and kisses and ate too many cookies. So I've had a great weekend. <laughs> that uh, The idea of part, partnering up the, the local farmers with the school districts, I, that to me sounds like a great idea because uh, even back uh, in the day when we were uh, in elementary and middle school, the, 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 the cafeteria was not a bastion of, of, of fine dining, that's for sure. So what a great way to get some fresh uh, food uh, into our schools to, for our children uh, during the day. Kevin, when I tell you it's a fantastic thing to do, you know, of course, um, people are always talking about obesity, and obesity now is starting younger and younger and younger with children, but it's a great way to get them to eat farm-fresh vegetables, to get them away from some of the processed foods. But in the process of me doing research uh, 
preparing for this program, what I learned is that a lot of our food memories are disappearing. Like a lot of people don't know that in the United States alone, 86 varieties of apples have completely disappeared, not just from the food market, but from use, period. They're no longer in existence. So if you can imagine memories that you and I had as as children with particular kinds of apples, they're no longer in existence. The future for bananas is changing. So one of the things that this will do for our children will really create those very authentic food memories for them that may just very well be lost in our future. And so for me, it was really important for so many uh, reasons to participate with this program, to learn more about them, because, of course, I have a 10-year-old granddaughter, and she loves to cook, and I want to share memories with her. But the idea is that even across the world, 75% of the original plant sources that we've known have already disappeared. So the, the ecological system is changing, the world is changing, and, uh, and our food memories are changing. So I, I really appreciate the idea that farmers and schools are partnering so that they can have that, that, that experience that we simply take for granted. So, uh, Deborah, you were busy while I was out last week. Uh, had an interview that we're going to come up in just about a minute or so with uh, Chef Nick Wallace. Uh, give Yay! us an idea of what you all talked about last week. Oh, Nick and I had so much fun. I really love talking to him all the time. But we talked about his upcoming uh, television um, a show with Chops. He's actually participated in that show with Alton Brown, and I'm really excited for him. And so uh, he's going to have a watch party, and we talked about that. We talked about his affiliation uh, with uh, James Beard. We just had a wonderful conversation, and even what he's doing at the Art Museum, Kevin. So I know that people are going to really love this interview. That's right, and that's going to come up here in just a few minutes. And also, I think uh, tomorrow is his appearance on Chopped, I think maybe 9 o'clock Central Time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but when Absolutely. we get back, uh, we will share Deborah's conversation with executive chef at the Mississippi Museum of Art, Nick Wallace. So we'll be back with more Deep South Dining after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman here with the always beautiful Miss Deborah Hunter. And we got a special guest who is a very, very, very busy man. He uh, was gracious enough to carve some time out of his schedule and come talk with us. We have the one and only Chef Nick Wallace with us. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Nick, I am so excited to have you. You know, I get excited every time I see you. Uh, it's great having my Same family here. in the studio. <laughs> this is so cool. So listen... Tell us a little bit about yourself today. Um, a little bit about myself. It's a long story. Grew up in Edwards, Mississippi. Um, moved from Edwards to Jackson when I was about eight, nine years old. Uh, just me and my mom and my older sister. And um, always really had that culinary kind of background. Homesteading is what I always related back to. Um, I grew up with my grandmother. So when I came back to Jackson, I still wanted to go back home with my grandmother almost every weekend just because I was getting so entertained. It really wasn't <laughs> about toys and things like that. 
it was all about nature and and taking your shoes and socks off and yeah. fetching blueberries and and squash or whatever she wanted. You know, she'll show me a picture of something or or give me an ochre and say, "Hey, go give me a bag of these." That kind of thing. So, you know, my grandmother um, is still very healthy in her life now, but when my grandfather um, he had a wood business, so him and my dad and my uncles go out cutting wood. I'll stay at home and with my grandmother, and that's when the food happened. <laughs> and she cooked uh, three to four meals a day, seven days a week. Wow! So technically, your grandmother's a person that taught you to cook. Yeah, she she is my she is my biggest influence, and I talk about her with uh, every publication that I have going on. I have two grandmothers. Uh, this is my dad, mom, and. She is just so awesome, though. You can play in the flower with her. She'll show you how to make homemade biscuits, uh, you know, preserves. And when I was four and five years old, I mean, I'd seen her canning, you know, boiling jars and that kind of thing. So it wasn't nothing for us to be sitting right there squishing up blueberries and for her, you know, cooking down the glaze with gelatin and that kind of thing, making jellies and everything else. Because even though she fed the family a a full breakfast uh, before they left, she had to give them doggy bags and things like that for snacks throughout the day and they make it back home by one o'clock they'll eat lunch and they'll tell them what you might see on the table (laughs) um and they'll go back so she had no problem you know getting the support from the men and all because she took care of home well that adds the to the saying you know a way to a man's heart is through his stomach you know and so you got men that's out working really hard for you it's really a very sweet things, girls, to mm-hmm. when they come home sometimes to have that fresh cooked meal on the table. Nick, one of the things that you would be really proud of is I recently have gotten into canning, and I'm having a Good lot job. of fun with that. It's um, it's very reminiscent, mm-hmm. like you said, of growing up with my grandmother mm-hmm. and having those moments. And mm-hmm. so now that I have a 10-year-old granddaughter, it's really sweet having her in the kitchen. The The most important thing I always take from canning is... Uh, it's just so powerful because it goes so long. Yeah. Um, you know, just think about, you know, we got fall and winter coming up. But think about, you know, you sitting at a dinner table or snacking on some preserves or something pickled in the summer of 2018. You know, it's, yeah. it's just memorable, you know, when you can look back on some of those things. So let me tell you something that I had that you did that I still I still have that taste in my mouth. You did a pepper jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that. Nick. It, I still have one jar left. Okay, Because awesome. we were at the event, and they put them in the bag, and I snuck and got a couple sure more did. jars. So sure don't did. tell anybody that I did that. But, oh, my God, it's amazing. Awesome. Now, you brought in a, a dish one time with, like, a pepper type of jelly. So I used Nick's jelly. That was, okay. Really? Yeah, and that's oh, yeah. what awesome. I was thinking, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, basically. Yeah, you're such a wonderful cook, too, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, to be able to take ribs and chicken and use that as the glaze. Mm. Oh, God, the bite is so amazing. Why do you don't have food right now? Well, Nick, Mm. uh, see, what had happened was, (laughs) actually, I just left a conference, so I've been busy all day, and um, my plan was to bring you food, actually, but I didn't have enough time because I'm networking with people. Mm -hmm. We're actually getting ready to do some stuff that, you know, you and I will talk about a little bit later after the show. And also, uh, Nick, you got off the hook because usually we have our guests come in and bring us Bring yeah. us some goodies yeah. too now. Yeah, myself in so the, the next, yeah. so the next time we bring you on Deep South Dining, we need we need a plate oh, yeah. or something. We need a lot of stuff <laughs> from Nick. Seriously, the the first time that Nick and I found, uh, he was kind of nice to take us in the kitchen at the King Edwards, 
And he braised up some meat for us, mm-hmm. and that was super yummy. It was the first time that I ever had watermelon radish, mm-hmm. see, I remember. Yeah, and we shared sweet mm-hmm. potato pie from Cooking with Honey and Friends, and it was just such a cool event. So Now, where are you, uh, you, you based now, where people want to come and, come and get your food? Uh, they can come to the Mississippi Museum of Art. Um, you know, God is great in all of our lives. Um, so I am transitioning the restaurant. Um, it used to be named Palette Cafe. Um, we'll do the opening November the 29th for Preserve by Nick Wallace. Yay. Um, so it's going to be a full farm-to-table um, atmosphere restaurant. Um, just going to do a, a little bit of remodeling, but the menu and everything else is going to drastically change. Uh, I'm going to embrace the farm that I have on Court Street right behind the restaurant, too. And I'm going to pull in some other chefs from around so we can create like a chef garden. Um, I have about four farmers that's going to come in and bless us with their gifts um, just so we can have rotating things and maybe kids event out there cooking demos in the garden. So we're just really going to really going to embrace that, too, because every time I come out of the back of the restaurant and I look outside, the first thing I see is like the courthouse, the, the new courthouse. So I like to see some of those things right there. You know, all the time in the courthouse, things just don't go great. Um, so I just like what we bring for the synergy and all for that area right there. And then the Weston, you know, it's definitely bringing it too. You've always been very innovative with that, Nick. Uh, I think you were the one of the first persons that I knew in the city that were actually planning live foods outside of the hotel so anybody that could come by could literally pick fresh food. Mm -hmm. So this idea of farm-to-table has always been present with Mm -hmm. you. So tell us a little bit about what that really means when I say farm-to-table. It's it's just the the essence of something that we've lost. Um, a lot of people talk about farm to table as this new thing and all. And as soon as they say that, I want to slap them on their wrist <laughs> because it's not. Um, it's just something that we lost. And unfortunately, though, you know, we kind of reap the the badness of a lot of it too, off of health and everything else. And I speak about my grandmother when I talk about farm to table. She is ninety two years old. She is completely healthy. Um, my mom's mom is uh, 87 years old, and she's completely healthy. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just telling you, it works. Um, so putting things in a pot um, and seeing animals, you know, running around, that, that's not a bad thing. That's just a way of life. And you don't have to go that far as actually raising up animals. But at least, you know, we can come out and, and plant herbs. And lemons are, are easy to plant. Spinach is easy to plant. Kale tomatoes so at the king edward hotel that i was there for like almost six years right in the front um on capitol street i had you know vegetation growing so i wanted it to be for the homeless for people that's pulling up from new york or wherever they was coming from if you felt like grabbing a pepper or something go for it do what you got to do but it's just you know you know how that video was when my mom was there when you shot the video you know, it brings smiles. It brings happy energy and all. It works, though. It really, really works. It works for so many reasons, uh, Nick. Not only is it good for uh, eating, but it's good for the environment. Mm-hmm. And I think we have gotten so far away from that with so many processed foods. Sure. To be able to, to plant something in the ground mm-hmm. with your own hands Watch it grow. Everybody can do that, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's taking a little bit of pot at home and doing that 
or uh, like I've been doing lately, hanging out on the farm, mm-hmm. I'm having a blast <laughs> to be able to get your kids in that kind of environment. I think it connects us back to who we are as human yep. beings. It's being able to see kids put down their cell phones mm-hmm. willingly mm-hmm. and uh, touch the ground mm-hmm. and be a part of life. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really amazing. And then the food tastes so much better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You can take a kid and put him in the kitchen and say, hey, I'm going to make you a squash casserole. I'm going to saute you some, some squash or peppers and mushrooms, whatever it might be. They're going to turn their lip up. Majority of the kids are, you know, unless they grew up like that. Right. But, you know, put a kid out in the garden and just let them harvest their own product and let them touch and feel. That kid might eat that vegetable raw out there in the garden. (laughs) It's a a wonderful mm -hmm. thing to say, Job. I mean, seriously, you're laughing about that. But my granddaughter is to see her eyes light up or the other kids that I've had privilege to just be around or that, you know, out on the farm because we have some horses out there, some cows and Mm -hmm. pigs, and it's really crazy. But to see the kids just really get excited about Mm -hmm. that. And even as an adult, it just brings back childhood mm-hmm. memories for me. So, so now I'm out there job flipping and doing stuff mm-hmm. I hadn't done forever. And it's just really amazing. So it's Very more true. than just growing food. So talk to us a little bit about the Mississippi food scene. Uh, the Mississippi food scene, I love it. I love it. I love for where it's going. Um, I can kind of envision where it would be, you know, in 2020. You know, it's it's going on a um, on a great pace, and I think we're trying to catch up. We're playing catch up right now. Oxford has always been known for this food, you know, yeah. world. Hey, Dixie Grimes. You know, they're so close to Memphis and all. They kind of got a lot of energy back and forth off each other, which that's great. Um, but when you look at Jackson, though, too, our you know, people that we can bounce off of is Madison, Ridgeland, Canton, and those kind of places That's there. Right. Uh, Clinton, you know. So I think it's coming. Jackson is doing great. Downtown is uh, starting to look like it's on a, you know, a uphill. Um, I think that's probably been our struggle for Jackson itself. Fondren has been a gift. Absolutely. Um, so it's a lot of great chefs there, too. It's a lot of great chefs all the way around. So I'd love to see where we're going. One of the things that I truly love about this uh, city, I think it is probably one of the most kept secrets in the world. There are the most talented chefs, Nick, mm-hmm. in this city. It would mm-hmm. just blow your mind. And they're from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. They have been culinary trained all over the world. And they're right here in this city doing mm-hmm. amazing, amazing thing. And the food culture here is incredible. You're listening to Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman here with Deborah Hunter. And we have um, Nick Wallace here with us, the culinary curator and executive chef at the Mississippi Museum of Art. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Chef Nick Wallace. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio.
You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, all about the cultural Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Demis Deborah Hunter and the one and only chef Nick Wallace. Now, Deborah, we were, you know, we always have our best conversations like during the break. So tell me, <laughs> tell me what you just told me about Nick. Well, I wish everybody in the world could see his tattoos. You know, I, I'm really, I'm not a big I fan. I thought this was a food show. Yeah, it is. But Nick's my cousin, so I can have this conversation. I'm not really a big fan of tattoos, but unfortunately, most of the men in my life are sleeping. What I love about Nick's tattoos, they are so unique in that that he's really in love with what he does. There's a bunch of farm-to-table stuff all (laughs) over him, and it's just really cool because I actually think you have a a tattoo of an actual little farm. Mm -hmm. It's a farm. Is it a tractor? It's a pig. Tractor, pig. I just love Um, it. Ducks. Oh, yeah. I love it. Everything beats. Yeah, who has your night now? You you couldn't be anything but a chef with a with a beat with a beat yeah. on your uh, it's on your peppers. Forearm. I mean, it's it's pigs. I mean, it's it's uh, actually a feel of. I think mm-hmm. it's like maybe like greens or something. It's fish. I mean, it's miss, but it's Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So if he ever gets lost. <laughs> we can easily we know find they, they it, right? <laughs> Okay, enough about that. So, Nick, I'm really excited to talk about you've done something really exciting recently. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called Chops. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, um, I went on Chopped um, a few months ago, and um, it's about to air uh, October the 17th. I'm doing a viewing party at the Mississippi Museum of Art starting at 7. The show comes on at 9 p.m. Central Time. Um, and you'll be able to see me battle out and you'll see how it, how, you know, how it comes out. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to go and chop, you know, um, was because pretty much of how I was kind of outfitted and cut their kitchen. I went and cut their kitchen, um, like the first of 2015. And the reason why I got this catfish tattoo is because of, uh, cut their kitchen. Okay. And when I went on there, it was, um, a couple of folks from different areas. And, you know, of course, you know, most of the time I go and represent, I'm only the, the Southerner, you know, <laughs> luckily, um, uh, that wasn't the case on this one. But, um, one of the guys said that and cut their kitchen said that I couldn't cook nothing but catfish. Oh, wow. Make comeback dressing you and all that. You tried to doubt your skills. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they always try to do that mm-hmm. to us here in Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they lose. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, so so that that was one of the things. And, and the show really wasn't about your culinary talents. It was really about playing, you know, kind of games and all that kind of things. But... You know, I, I'm always embrace uh, who I am, and that's the reason why I'm on my sixth dinner in James Beard. I do a Mississippi dinner at James Beard Foundation in New York City, and I'm not going to stop it either. They love you there, Nick, and we're really proud of you for representing. And a lot of people don't understand just how what yes. a great honor that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've made history, uh, but it's the most prestigious food organization in the world. Mm-hmm. And so for you to have gone there to prepare a Mississippi meal six times is like, wow. It's no small feat. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's pretty huge. And October the 24th, I'll be at the White House um, with Chef Tom Colicchio and Wait a minute. You said the White House? Yes. Okay. I'll be, Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be there talking about <clears throat> food policy. Um, it's about food policy. So I would go in um, kind of representing my state like I always do. Um, and we'll be talking about, you know, just natural farms, and we're going to team up with a bunch of farmers, too. Unfortunately, there's no Mississippi farmers that's going, but next year I'm going to make sure that we have about six or seven Mississippi farmers that's going to be there. But I'm going to be there with a lot of celebrity chefs, <clears throat> and it's going to be uh, super fun. I'm going to represent, and I'll put out a press release before I go. I'll wash your dishes. 
I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I like, I like, I don't, I don't like to correct our guests, but he said celebrity chefs. Like he's not a celebrity chef himself. Other <laughs> celebrity chefs. There we there go. I like go. that. I like there that. <laughs> Now, talk a little bit about uh, Sip Source, which is at the Mississippi Museum of Art. You have one coming up uh, in just a couple of days, October 19th. Yeah, yeah, it's not far. Yeah, I was like, dang, I need to. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple more recipes to get finished too. Um, yeah, this this sip source here is going to be great. Um, it's going to be super limited because the restaurant is under construction, so we're only going to feature just a Thursday night, so five until, so it won't be no lunch service going on. But it's going to be all about preserves. So everything from the new menu and all is going to be all about preserves. So I know people are pretty super excited about this. But, two, I like to talk about Sip Source because it's dear to my heart. I got with Julian Rankin, which um, back then he was the director of marketing. And we came up almost three years ago, came up with this event to embrace Mississippi purveyors, farmers and all. And it's almost three years old. And think about that, too. That's a lot of menus, too. Like, we haven't never duplicated the same thing (laughs) over and over again. So you're talking about push it to the limit, you know. So I'm just, you know, super excited about what God. I Honestly, I didn't know that I could do it, though. When we first started, I'm like, how can I keep up with all the custom catering menus, the outside stuff, you know, the, the, the menu in the restaurant? And you're talking about your mind's got to continue to go. And I like to write menus at nighttime, being around my dogs and that kind of thing. So I like to be, you know, and I'll take that and I'll give it off to my team. And then they'll pretty much add things that they want or take it away. So I like to make it a family affair. I always got to be that key person that kind of give them their juice so they can start spinning. And as soon as I do that, man, they're, they're just going crazy. So I, I don't know how he says Java that he didn't know how he could do this because <laughs> let me tell you, uh, the thing that I learned about Nick uh, very early on is he started out as a very young kid working at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. But very quickly he went from you know, the very first station they gave him to basically run in the joint. And he's been doing that ever since. He's, and you know, and, and I can brag on you a little bit. Yeah, please. Thank he's, you. <laughs> he's, he's truly one of the most brilliant culinary persons that I know. And I'm really, really honored because I learned so many things from him by watching. Because in this business, it's never just cooking. Mm-mm. It's cooking and business that has to be married together. And so to be able to see somebody do that in such a brilliant way and do so many amazing things, I'm just saying. Don't ever say that again Thank out you. loud to anybody. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had this um, a really good friend that that lives in um, upstate New York, and he was just talking to me about my whole resume. We we're just going over the whole thing back and forth, and he was like, "Nick, I, I hope you understand like what you have done with your career." And I was like, "You know, tell me about it." He said, "You went backwards, you know, just like a normal chef." would they would go in they would open up a restaurant first and maybe they'll stay open for 10 to 15 years then they'll start the outreach and start you know touching kids and give some of that money back and start these nonprofits and all that's how i pretty much started it before i even started really flourishing like i'm working in jack's public schools working in all the middle schools that's 13 of them i started this program about two years ago called creativity kitchen it got a lot of buzz a lot of buzz and michelle obama heard about it so they put me into that Chef Muda school. That put me to working with Ole Miss uh, Child Nutrition. Got a little, you know, got some certification that I really needed. They put me out there on the road. Alabama is where I went. I went to the state of Alabama and just kind of watched and learned and that kind of thing. So uh, the um, food service director of Alabama called me about two months later 
and said, Nick, you know, Child Nutrition, you know, they're giving us everything that, you know, Chef Moves to School wants us to have in here, but we want to have Creativity Kitchen in our schools here in Alabama. Wow. So I took up a team of folks, and we went and trained and put restaurant-style recipes um, in their school system. It was pretty awesome. So, you know, from Mississippi straight to Alabama. So that's how I just roll. But that's all pro bono, too. If I'm going out and helping a child or something like that, I don't want to get paid. And that's how I first heard about you, uh, Chef. To be honest, it was you were working in the uh, middle schools okay. here in cool. JPS. And I was like, okay, this guy, he's he's doing something because, uh, you know, I'm a product of JPS. And the lunch is always a, a mm-hmm. iffy subject. <laughs> so It's got to be that one item, though, that you just love, though. Oh, I mean, the pizza boats. Yeah, were, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The pizza boat, yeah, the square pizzas. Hey, that was it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm such a girl. It was always a salad for me, Nick. It was always yeah, a salad. Yeah, because it was the only thing a guy would not come to the table and say, hey, do you want that? And put your finger right mm-hmm. in it. I know you've done that to some girl before, well, I mean, John. You know, we would always, I guess, once every three months get, like, catfish day, and yeah. it would, the cafeteria would be packed. <laughs> but I, I do want to say this, though. I like going outside of the state. You're doing dinners, you know, going out and doing training and all. And receiving training, too. But it just brings up so many things. I could just talking points from Mississippi. So when I went into Alabama State, um, and this was Gaston area, um, they have open grills in their schools. Wow. So, you know, to to create aroma and create excitement, create all the buzz, they'll have grill day out one day. And they're grilling pork chops, steaks, hamburgers. So you can smell this throughout the wow. school. They're starting like at 9, 930. They're creating this. Everybody is just super excited that I'm going to get some fresh grilled meats or veggies. They do a lot of quinoa. They do, you know, they're, they're stepping up their game. So a lot of those things there I can bring back to our people and say, hey, I think it's time for us to reach another level. So I am very thankful that I can go outside the state and see those kind of things. I mean, how amazing is that? That I got a little jealous, Java, because I was thinking, you know, when I was going to school, it was the traditional cafeteria lady. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, hey, somebody's you. slapping some food on your plate and you're mm-hmm. going, I don't. With the ice cream yes. <laughs> so the, the idea that, you know, kids are really getting a, a, an excellent food mm-hmm. experience while they're at school would, to me, add to them being willing to learn more. You know, it's, it makes it easier to learn, you know, because now I'm excited. I'm not just here and the whole day is going to be miserable. I'm going to do something excellent in terms of studying, and then I'm going to go have a great meal. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm not a nutritionist, and I'm not ever going to sit right there and knock that. That's a, for a lifestyle that um, maybe when I retire I'll dabble in, but not <laughs> now. But the one thing that I do know about nutrition and all is just don't, you know, overdo it. So I don't I don't stop from when I develop a recipe. We still use uh, the best sugars. We still use the best sodium and that kind of thing. But things are still modified. I bring in my personal seasoning in the mix of it. And it only has like a two percent sodium ratio because at the end of the day, we still have to get the the kids to eat it. They're not going to eat anything bland. But two, it's other ways though. Too, you can set off the palate too. So if you do low sodium, you can put, you know, acid into the mix because it'll bounce off your your taste buds, you know, almost the same way sodium is. So, you know, some of those things right there, you know, I'm I'm just super thankful to catch up on as I've been doing a lot of this studying. And so, but, you know, talking about adding a flavor, when you're getting fresh fruits and vegetables and they're being cooked a certain way, it that in and of itself just mm-hmm. adds to the palate because it's not that, you know, that hamburger that's pre-done or the pre 
you know, prepared French fries. It's being able to get greens and beans and things, squash and other elements that, you know, you may not even have at Mm -hmm. home when you get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and speaking of that, Mississippi, you know, is known as a food desert. And Mm -hmm. so I think you're working with some of those programs, Nick. Yes. um, Up and Farms Food Hub. Mm -hmm. um, Who's been on the show? Yeah, Up and Farms Food Hub is definitely going to be um, one of the catalysts that's going to, you know, for change for that. Um, and honestly, though, too, um, when if everybody stay here in the city of Jackson or Madison and all, and you just look around, you will never see it. Right, exactly. But as soon as you start traveling around, and you will see it, you know, I wish I could be in a helicopter. Maybe somebody will bless me one day and put me in a helicopter or something just so I can just see it and take some pictures of it. But it, it, it needs change, you know, in the Delta area. I, I did a, a huge article for Southern Living Magazine not, not long ago, so I had to go in the Delta, stay in a shack, one of those little plantation shacks. And I just looked around, like, you know, a lot of that corn, the sorbeans and all that, a lot of that stuff is leaving the state, too. You know, a lot of it don't even stay here. So, I, you know, it's it's a lot of different thinking that we could, you know, we can do. I even brought it up before, like the school systems. You know, we're flooded with orange juice and a lot of those things that comes from Florida, Mexico and that kind of thing. But we're flooded with like muscadines and things like that. You know, we can make juices. We can make those kind of things. But That's we right. we have to have a hub or center place that can do that to flourish, to let Mississippi reap the rewards. And the food hub and all, the food hub, Up and Farms Food Hub, is going to be a catalyst for that change. Fantastic. You know, and uh, like you said, Nick, a lot of people don't realize that there is a food disparity here in the state of Mississippi because when you do drive to the Delta, you mm-hmm. see all this corn that's growing and you see all the sorbings mm-hmm. and you're thinking, of course, everybody's eating, but a huge portion of that food is being used to feed cattle. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the other portion is, is uh, leaving the state. And so you have people that are actually right in the middle of these fields mm-hmm. that don't get to eat every day, sure. not the way that we get to eat. And we take so many things for granted. And being in the culinary uh, world has opened my eyes up to so many things in terms of food waste. And that's something that was one of the first things that you taught mm-hmm. me not to waste anything. Mm-hmm. If you're in the kitchen cooking, everything has a purpose. And so it really does give you a heart for people when you when you're preparing a meal. And at the end of the day, what do I have that I can share with somebody else? Very true. Yeah. Very true. We waste a lot of food. And, you know, being involved with James Beard and all um, gave me the opportunity to have a recipe in this food waste national cookbook that's coming out soon so i did a mississippi recipe and it's something that my grandmother has been doing for you know all of my life and and i think if people just reversed and go back home or something you would just learn so much but instead of throwing away a lot of the orange and lemon peels and things like that you know that is great preserves jams and everything so and her (laughs) onion chips are great you know when you pull in the onion just leave that last skin on but you could dehydrate those things and dip them in ranch dressing or something man and slap your mama well you just told me something right there i I knew nothing of that oh yeah it's so funny because um it you know, I think I'm a little bit older than Nick, but growing up that way was really incredible because I remember at the end of the day, sometime I would go in the refrigerator and open. I couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had all these grandkids who would come and visit her 
for the summer. So if you can imagine there are 10, 12 grandkids running around, you got to feed them. And at the end of the day, she would have a complete meal. And so that she would take rice and repurpose it because we wanted something sweet. Then we had maybe rice the day before. But now we're going to have rice pudding for dessert Mm -hmm. the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you got leftover peas and okra Mm -hmm. and tomatoes. And so now you got a soup for, you know, for the coming day. And so it's that idea of not being able to waste anything. And it's really funny because to me, it was always better the next day anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm thinking about what's in my fridge now. (laughs) But, you know, it's still a couple recipes out there that was, you know, kind of happened like that, too. Hoppin' John's, you know, succotash, you know, a lot of these things, you know, where bean and corn and onions and all kind of meat. You know, those are things that you kind of put together and you can create those things now. Absolutely. You know, the sweet potato skins is a big one, too. When you peel in the sweet potato, yeah, yeah. you know, as long as you get the bruises off of it, put it in a blender with a little bit of water, add it into pancake batter, add them into grits, add them into whatever you want. You don't have to throw those things away. Now, one thing my wife has actually started doing is taking those, like taking bananas and doing the exact same thing, kind of blending it up. And we've been having the uh, past couple Sundays, uh, uh, but like banana pancakes mm. with uh, chocolate chips instead of having, I don't. I mean, I'm not a cook, so I don't know what she's substituting, but I know it tastes like banana. And she said, this is healthier. So I'm just like, thank you. Yeah, so, so <laughs> when can I come over? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When can we come over and get some? But it, it's being able to, so I don't have flour. What do I do? So now I've got bananas and I've got an egg and maybe a little bit of cream. And now I can make a whole pancake. There we go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's just really wonderful to because be able I have to... a sweet sushi. Put some chocolate chips in there too. <laughs> exactly, but to be able to be creative for your family because if you've gone into the grocery store lately, it's getting really expensive to shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bake a lot of cakes and stuff, Nick. And so when I went in the other day to buy some of these products, and I went like, "Wait, did I go to sleep? Who yeah. marked this stuff up?" Yeah. And that's happening. So you know, if you're going to take care of your family, you really need to learn how to to take care of your food source in the process. And not waste anything. The other thing that I say to people is always check on the person next door to you. Get to know your neighbors. You know, find out who these people are because just because I'm dressed up every day doesn't mean that I'm eating every day. And that's another trick that a lot of people don't realize that's happening, right? Because they're the working poor. We've talked about that on the show before. People really don't know that just because somebody working nine five mm-hmm. that they're not getting to eat every day. So be a real Mississippian, you know, show some hospitality and take care of your friends and family. You're listening. Listening to Deep South Dining here with uh, Deborah Hunter. I'm Java Chapman, and we have Chef Nick Wallace uh, here with us this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation right after the break, so stay tuned. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman here with Miss Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And we have our guest this morning, uh, Chef Nick Wallace. And he's been talking about just the entire Mississippi food scene and all the things that he has going on. Uh, Chef, if people want to, uh, I guess, follow you and see what you're cooking up, how can they do that? Uh, uh, All my social media pages are Nick Wallace and Nick Wallace Culinary. So you can catch both of them there on Instagram. 
uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. And my website is www.nickwallaceculinary.com. You can always leave a message or your contact information. I'll be sure to hit you right back up. Now, I saw on there that you have a recipe section, mm-hmm. and the, the, <laughs> the latest, and I mean, you know, you go, on, you go to a celebrity chef's website, which Nikki is, and you expect to see some kind of, I don't know, risotto and, and, and <laughs> Tedellini, but you had <laughs> PB&J. That was your top uh, recipe or your latest recipe yeah. that you put up there. And I was like, what is this going on? Tell us. But I know it has to be some kind of twist to it. Well, the the one thing that um, I want to stay true to myself is I, I, I get inspiration when I leave the state or, go, you know, going within Jackson and Oxford and eating and all, and it comes back and then I want to flip it to my, you know, to me. Um, I like French and Southern and Italian kind of techniques when they deliver a food. Uh, but I like, you know, I like to speak about what I like. You know, I'm not going to talk about, you know, caviar all the time because I just don't eat it all the time. I don't mind cooking it. I can do it, you know, with no problem. But peanut butter and jelly is I'm like, talking my language now. you know, one of my favorites. Um, I like to take just cold milk, too, and just put some peanut butter in there, stir it around a little bit. Yeah. You know, Make and it frothy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's the best thing ever. John was looking like, what? Yeah, Seriously? I, I, milk and peanut butter put together. Yes. Absolutely. The, look, and look, I know we're not talking about processed foods, but it's just one I just want to hit on. Um, and I really, really honestly is going to learn how to make dry cereal. I know how to make granola and all that kind of stuff, but I really want to get into the cereal with oats and that kind of thing. But, so you want a Nick Wallace yes. oats? Yes. I oh, love yes. it. Wallace oats. Absolutely. And I want it to be a peanut butter inspired kind of cereal. Okay. Kellogg's came out with this peanut butter Cheerios. Oh, my God. And it only lasts for like five, six weeks. It's I've gone never now. Heard of that. Five, six weeks. It's gone. Best thing ever. And. When I when I grabbed it, I grabbed like four or five boxes because I had to grab it because I knew it was going to be gone. But since then, though, I have been trying to deliver up um, almost like a granola cluster cereal um, that was flavored with peanut butter. Ever yeah. since, I'm going to get it right too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah well, we're going to be waiting right. on that. Yeah, that's that's that product. I mean, but right who there. doesn't love peanut butter and who doesn't love jelly? So to be able to create, you know, recipes around that is absolutely fantastic. So Nick, here's a little secret. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to share this. So to take my bananas. Mm-hmm. And I take a little bit of butter and a little bit of peanut butter, and I sear them up together. Mm. Ah, and then you add, you know, your jelly on top of that on your sandwich. Mm. I use some brioche bread that's mm. nice and toasted up, and I add just a little bit of cream cheese in there. I'm so. So it, when can I get this? T- today, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's one thing I like too is uh, peanut butter and jelly, just treated just like a grilled cheese. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can eat it just regular, you know, you want to do good bread, too. But I like to put some flavor on it with butter and sear it. You, put some crust on it. Absolutely. Let it cool for a minute because you just don't want to put hot peanut butter in your mouth. Right. But <laughs> let it cool for just, you know, five or six minutes. And I'm telling you, it's the best thing ever. Like, can't you do this with a George Foreman grill? Yes. Absolutely. Cast iron skillet is better, but, you know, George Foreman is fine. It's so funny because whenever I bring the cast iron skillet up here, the, the kids get really excited. No, I about love it. her cast iron skillet. It's so black. And she cooks in it, and it stays so clean. I yeah. just don't understand. It's not. It's not brownish. Yeah. It's like it's just like you, it's. You brand have to. New. You have to love the cast iron. You know. Yeah. You have to. You have to make love to your skillet. You, you <laughs> have to wash it and be careful with it. And you. You can't leave it in water. It's all the things that people mm-hmm. do. 
you know, not to take care of their their skillet. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do, if I find that I've overcooked in it, Nick, I'll just take a little salt mm-hmm. and I'll put it in the skillet and just let it set, you know, for about 30 minutes or so. And then you can wipe all the residue out mm-hmm. without scarring your skillet. It's just mm-hmm. really fantastic. Now that's a trick of the trade. Yep. Yeah. And it's been one of those things that's been going on forever in yeah. time, yeah. you know, but it's one of those things that was not developed to put in soap and water. Now, before we get you out of here, Nick, um, we know you have the viewing party for Chopped uh, October 17th, mm-hmm. uh, 7 p.m. Now, Chopped is famous for, I know you can't really talk about the show, but famous for those surprise ingredients. Can you tell us anything? Um, I could tell you that, um, uh, just real quick, so I'm going to bring up Cutthroat Kitchen again. You know, that's hosted by Alton Brown. So after all that, I played second place and all, and then I decided to get back into the Food Network scene, so I did. So um, going up for my first show, didn't have no idea that I was going to see this gentleman again. So my um, whole experience was all this is Alton Brown's challenge. <laughs> so Alton Brown, first time ever on Chop, took over Chopped. And wow. I see this guy again. This is like two and a half years later. And I'm back right there. And Alton Brown, it's all about um, it, it's, it's all about science facts, dehydration, um, you know, Everything. I don't want to tell you too much, but jellification and all that kind of stuff there. Uh, But I just can't wait for you guys to see it. I promise you. Come to that viewing party. Come to the viewing party. It's just going to be a lot of excitement because I just love it. My grandmother cried, you know. Oh, wow. So I just love having friends around so we can be able to see all this stuff flourish together. So it's going to be exciting. Food trucks is going to be there. Um, I have a couple more dessert vendors that will be out. Um, Capital City Beverage has been great. They're a huge sponsor, so they're going to bring the beer truck out. I'm going to give away T-shirts. Um, so just know that everybody might not get T-shirts depending on how many. The last VM party I had was 200 people there, but I think we might going to double that. And this is so. on, the, on the green at the, um, mm-hmm. which is if you haven't been to the Mississippi Museum of Art lately, it is beautiful. And when they have these events, such as the viewing party and um, other events where they're outside and have a lot of food trucks and stuff, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's beautiful it's a gorgeous out there. Facility. I'm really excited. I, I, and I can't express how proud I am, you know, because he, this is Mississippi and this is Mississippi at its absolute best. You know, it's like what Nick says when he leaves the state, he's always representing us. I've never seen you out of character. Thank you. And, you know, and you're always showing love for Mississippi. And so I want Mississippi, of course to just give him a little love back, you know, Thank so you. come out and support him. And Thank also you. you have the uh, Sip Source, which is coming up on October 19th. Yep, Sip Source, uh, 5 p.m. and until. Um, it's going to be all about Preserve, the new uh, concept by Nick Wallace. Okay. Well, uh, so, Nick, is there anything else you want us to know before you leave? Because I know he has a lot of a lot of irons in the fire, as they say. Yeah, it, it's 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 tons. Um, it's tons of stuff. But I'm really looking at to develop Creativity Kitchen. Um, I wanted to as many kids as I can. My focus is Mississippi now, so I'm really not looking to jump out the state again with Creativity Kitchen because I want to find out a way that I can hit these charter schools, um, the public schools, and to Madison and all. So. Um, I just want to be able to do it for the kids. So if you want them to come to your school district, NickWallaceCulinary.com. And the reason why it's so important to get kids involved with cooking, not just to teach them how to have a food source, but they learn history, they learn science, they learn math, and they learn art. And so it's just indicative to whatever you're teaching them at school already. Mm -hmm. They just get to have a more fun, hands-on experience when they're in the kitchen because you've got to know some math. 
You you need to know the history, sure. you know, because a banana is never just a banana. You want to know where it came from. How did it get to Mississippi? You know, why is it a food source here? You know, where does it come from? And so it's just really amazing to see kids. Mm-hmm. And they want to learn that way. Kids of well, I'm a big kid, so I'm very mm-hmm. hands-on. I'm a visual learner, and most children are. And it's just a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, so Nick, we uh, thank you for um, being here with us uh, today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> thank you. Good to see you, like always. Thank you, darling. <laughs> you were just listening to a conversation with Mississippi native and executive chef at the Mississippi Museum of Art, Nick Wallace. If you want to hear this show or any of our past shows, make sure you log on to our website, mpbonline.org, and find the Deep South Dining page or subscribe to our podcast using any podcast app. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For Deborah Hunter, Kevin Farrell, and our guest, Chef Nick Wallace, stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. And make sure you join us next Monday, 9 a.m., for another delicious episode of Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.